Hello and uh, welcome to uh, Leaders Impact, which is one in a series of our IRIS interviews. I'm Steph Coward and I'm the Managing Director for our HCM business here at IRIS. And I'm so thrilled to be able to introduce you today to our guest speaker, Joey Price. Joey is the CEO of Jumpstart HR. And I'm going to pass to Joey just to tell us a bit more about yourself. Stephanie, thanks so much for having me here. I'm thrilled to join your audience and add some value to the, the growing catalog of your shows. I'm Joy Price, and it's really been my life's mission to help people be more excited about Monday than they are about Friday. And it's such an audacious, ambitious goal, but I really and truly believe that the way that we get people excited about work is by putting the appropriate structures and systems and processes in place so that through an HR function, companies can thrive, employees can grow, and managers can be stronger at managing their relationships. I am married, I have two beautiful daughters, soon to have a, a dog, a puppy on the way. And uh, another fun fact, in addition to running Jumpstart, uh, I also have a podcast called While We Were Working. And I'm thrilled to announce that we've just launched a new social community specifically for HR pros, and it's called HRU. But it's really a place where HR pros can cut through the noise of social media websites with no ads, no algorithms, no bots, and just come chat, connect with global HR pros like themselves. So that's me in a nutshell, and I'm thrilled to be here. Oh, that's that's wonderful. Thanks, Joe. It's actually really uh, a really cool thought, the idea, isn't it, of getting rid of those Sunday evening blues um, and everyone enjoying and thinking about how excited they are to get into work on a and a Monday, and it actually leads beautifully into the topic of our chat today, which really is about management. You know, most HR leaders today feel that our managers now need to start to act differently, you know, to be more open and honest and collaborative with their employees, particularly now how issues around social justice and mental health are being spoken about much more openly. I think that perhaps it's managers needing to adopt perhaps a more intimate and personalized approach to keeping employees and bringing people together into a, a single community. I think more and more today, you know, people are not seeing a divide between work and life and work-life balance is, is actually kind of one and the same thing. So I think that's what we want to try and tackle in our podcast today. So just a little bit of research I thought you might find useful. The Chartered Institute of Management have published some research where they do believe that one in three workers have cited poor management as the reason that they've actually quit the workplace. So it's a bit of a controversial question, but in your view, what do you think, I suppose, makes a good manager? And at the same time, what is it that makes a bad manager? Honestly, I think that number could be even higher. One in third are willing to admit that it was bad management that made them leave a job. But maybe even more of them, if they were more honest and transparent, would dive into it. Let's talk about what makes a good manager. To me, I think to your point about needing to evaluate how we manage these days, I think empathy shows up more in the workplace now than it has ever been, especially with all of the things that we've seen and experienced through the COVID-19 pandemic, such uh, fluctuation and volatility around, do we work from office? Do we work from home? Do we do hybrid or not? And so really good managers, honestly, they lead by example, communicate effectively, show empathy, and are willing to give and receive feedback in a constructive manner. And I think that these are all critical pillars of good management, because if you take those one by one and do the opposite, it can really bring harm to the relationship that the employee has with their manager 
end that they have with the organization at large. You know, if a manager doesn't lead by example, you lose trust. If a manager doesn't communicate effectively, you lose productivity. Or if a manager doesn't show empathy, you lose relational equity that matters in difficult times. And if you're unable to give and receive feedback in a constructive manner, well, you're asking your employees to walk out the door. And so the idea of having empathy, trust, relational equity, and retention, these are not just important people topics or soft skills. These are organizational needs. These are things that will build to your competitive advantage. And so you've got to have this sense of belonging. You've got to have inclusion. You've got to have great people skills as a foundational principle for what you accept of managers in your organization. Bad managers are the opposite, right? So whatever you think is good, think about the opposite of that, right? You've seen one out of three people leave because of bad management. And I consider that to be regrettable turnover, which is turnover that could have been prevented. And unfortunately, the people that often leave because of bad management are the people that wanted to do more, be more, and grow more in your organization, but they've just run up against the friction of bad management. No, absolutely. And I think all of us can understand and empathize with what you've said. I think all of us can think back in our careers as to when we've worked for someone where absolutely you wanted to jump out of bed on a Monday morning and get to work because the person that who was your manager was inspirational, understood you, was respectful, cared about your career and knew you as a person. And I think we can all also remember times for the exact opposite when we did have those Sunday blues because our management or the manager we were working for didn't display those kind of characteristics so I think absolutely that level of empathy and and understanding is so important and I think it's really the basics isn't it now for businesses to be successful in modern times so I think I mean apart from people resigning because of poor management what are your thoughts on other consequences for a business? Well Steph I feel like our community of listeners could answer this probably even better than I could but just think about the relationship that employee has with their manager and Gallup says 70% of an employee's motivation is influenced by a manager. So if you think about the key driver of an employee's will to work is predicated on the relationship they have with their boss. So if that is a good relationship, that is a positive motivation. If it is a bad relationship, that's negative motivation. So you really have to realize that when people say that they've had a stressful day or they had challenges and roadblocks, a lot of that can be attributed to the relationship they have with their manager or the stumbling blocks that bad management puts in in the way of someone wanting to be great. The other thing, too, is that bad management, sometimes it's not called out. You know, culturally, we have this saying that, you know, even HR is for the company or executives are for the company. But I think if HR and management aligns themselves to be for the employee and realize that as we guide employees down the right path, then that allows us to have a more productive workforce. That's going to turn the head of this culture that we have of concealing, coddling and not confronting bad Mm. management, which has a ripple effect in an organization. And not just internally, but bad management can show up as far as brand reputation as well. Thinking about employees are supposed to be the greatest advocates of our business. They're the ones at dinner parties. They're the ones who are talking to potential recruits. And I always say recruits and employees are customers too. If you're in an organization where your employees could buy from you and they're having a bad relationship, they're probably going to spend their money elsewhere. And so you want to make sure that you don't end up on work talk uh, as a bad employer and people not want to work for your organization. It's a really big deal. And we really should care, I think, in this new year 
about addressing bad management. I completely agree. And I think something that always shocks me, actually, when I do talk to different folks, to customers, to people in my network, to my own group of managers, I think one thing that quite often does come across is that a lot of people who have been asked to become managers or have been put into management positions have actually never had any formal training. Um, And I I, I saw also from the Chartered Institute of Managers that shockingly, 82% of managers that they spoke to hadn't had any training in management or leadership. So in some ways, it's probably not a surprise that, you know, people don't always find it an easy position to move into. I think particularly if you have moved into a management position because you've been technically competent and you've risen through the ranks through being an SME and then you've become a manager of people. I think I'd be interested in your views, because for me, I think managers are born. They're not made. I feel that it things we've talked about just in the start of the podcast around the ability to empathize and the ability to be good at communication, to be able to bring people people together to motivate and inspire people you know they are soft skills that are quite actually difficult to train someone to have I don't know what your thoughts on that are well Steph I respectfully disagree that you as a leader are born as opposed to made I say that because one of the values that we have at Jumpstart is to be part coach part cheerleader and that means telling people the things they need to hear but in a way that is optimistic and points to the resolution and a plan to get there together But absolutely, I think that you can grow empathy. Think about the person who might not be a people person. You can rely on tools like setting calendar alerts to check in on people. You can read books. You can have mentorship. You can have coaching. And I think these are some of the tools and resources that we as a global workforce are not providing with managers. And so we don't even begin to give ourselves or our managers the opportunity to identify what their potential is to grow as a leader. I think that leaders can be made, but there has to be intentionality around it. Data to me is a big thing. When we think about how we can track managers and their empathy and their ability to resolve their team's question and the relationships that they have with their team members. I know this feels a bit one-sided, but truly the result of great management is great productivity. So we're just putting the lens on the one-way relationship of managers being good for employees. And then maybe on another podcast, you'll have me back on for employees being good for managers. But it's critical. Do not want to leave this conversation with you, Steph without leaving some hope that managers can be grown, they can be developed, they can be trained, but we've got to bring that number, what did you say, 82% of managers had no formal training? Goodness, what if a manager had one hour training a month or sent to a class for a week? The strides that we could make in improving that relationship, I I, I think there's significant potential there. And um, I'll get off my soapbox, but I, no, I do I, think I do think that we can we can grow and we can develop managers. I actually know you you are making a really good point. What I'm taking from what you're saying here is that people have many parts of their personalities, don't they? They have many many ways that they behave, and quite often a situation can then amplify a behavior or subdue a behavior. So you know perhaps is people who have not had the opportunity to display the types of skills that we're talking about make good management. Perhaps because they've never known or been trained in how to bring that part of their personality out. Perhaps if they have been in a role that has not needed those skills and then they're put into a management position, then, you know, naturally you'll you'll carry on in the behaviors that you had before. If you have training and you are then shown what sort of skills are required, then within us all, I'm sure there is an ability to be empathetic, respectful and to be able to develop people. 
can I share a, a secret? Yeah, please. Okay. So I talk with a lot of managers. The nature of what we do is to go into organizations without an HR department. In every organization that we step into, there is some form of management structure. So yeah. we are speaking with managers day in and day out about the relationship they have with their team members. And what I've discovered is that bad bosses, sometimes they don't know that they're a bad boss. Yep. And more often than not, their heart is in the right place, even if their tactics and how they're received are entirely wrong. And so this is where I say bad bosses can become good because if we just roll out a training plan or opportunities for growth and development, uh, not only will it make that relationship with employee and manager better, but it also goes back to the thing we mentioned at the top about leading by example. If we want our employees to grow and develop and see their potential, we also have that duty to see our managers reach their potential as well. And so we can't take our foot off the pedal, so to speak, with developing a manager as soon as they're in a managerial spot in the same way that we wouldn't want to take our foot off of the pedal of developing an employee who is resolving or, or serving a special function or purpose mm. or being an independent mm. contributor. So that's my secret. But yeah, bad bosses don't want to be bad. You know, no. they don't want to be the Grinch, right? They want to no. be, they want to have a connection. They want to be good at their job. They want to be rewarded for high performance. They just don't know that they're doing it the wrong way. So maybe we, with my next question, perhaps we could uh, start right now in maybe helping some of those aspiring managers become better and be successful. So I'll give you a question and perhaps let's see what, what your thoughts are on one of the really important things that we all talk about in good management is creating an atmosphere of open and honest communication so that people do feel comfortable to be able to build that kind of personal relationship with their boss. What would your suggestion be on how to do that? Before we jump into the individual relationship that an employee has with their manager, let's take the 30,000 foot view of the relationship that the employee has with the organization. And I think there are some topics that need to be addressed and accounted for on the organizational level before we can even drill down to the individual manager level. And some of these questions and some of these topics, they're newly introduced into the world of work. But hear me out in that they really do matter. First thing is equity at work, diversity, inclusion, definitely addressing the gender pay gap. And just having that overall culture of accountability when it comes to management. There was an ADP Research Institute survey that said 33,000 workers across 17 countries. So this is a global phenomenon. Found that 76% of respondents would consider leaving their jobs if they discovered their company had an unfair gender pay gap or no equity, diversity, equity, or inclusion policy. So as we think about the new workers that are coming into the workforce, the new realities and the new understandings that people who have been in the workforce are now understanding about human dynamics and uh, ways that we don't get it right at work, that they're making a commitment to this and they're voting with their feet. And when I say voting by their, with their feet, that means they're walking away from your business. So tying it back to that idea of regrettable turnover, we've got as an organization, so this is not just an HR problem, this is an executive problem, we've got to address gender pay gap, equity, diversity, and inclusion and accountability of management. And it's not just about setting the culture and hiring people who have the personality to make it happen, but it's about having the intentional guidelines, metrics, policies in place so that you can affirm these values, not just through personality, but through performance management, making sure managers 
are given positive remarks based on their ability to solve these sorts of things. So all of this is meant to create a safe space for employees, to create clear frameworks for success for managers, and to have a clear employer brand for the organization of what it means to succeed and what your organization stands by. Absolutely. I think I think these are kind of table stakes, I think, in the world today of business. Those are absolutely the kinds of policies that we need in place for any kind of set of leaders and their teams to thrive. I think the other thing that often comes up quite a lot as well when I speak to managers is, how do they best manage the, you might call the emotional side of management? So the understanding and empathizing with the situation that they find that their teams and their, the people they, they work with are in with meeting the needs of the business that they work for. Because at the end of the day, what is important is they will themselves be measured by how effective they are in, in ensuring that the business they work for does achieve their business goals. Peter Drucker said it best. You can only manage what you measure so if we are not measuring something how can we know that we are making the right steps to get to the end goal that we are seeking one of the things that we do in our company every month we have an employee pulse survey it doesn't ask the same questions every time although there is one question it asks all the time that one question is would you refer jumpstart at an ideal place to work Right. So we're thinking about that net promoter score. Right. But it asks different things about our culture. It asks different things about what it's like to work here. And so the data will tell you if you're on track. Now, of course, you have to have a organization that has a, a culture of trust, culture of transparency, a culture of actually doing things about data that comes up on feedback surveys and questionnaires. But you can absolutely take something that is a soft skill or a value or a position statement and tie key metrics to address the question whether or not you are meeting that goal or not. I think the most helpful way that, that we do it and that I recommend is the pulse survey, but you could absolutely have managers within one-on-ones ask specific questions to say, hey, do you feel as though I'm being as empathetic as I could to meet your needs? or where did you feel disconnected from the organization and how might we make it better? So I think that there's a lot that can be said to the idea of measuring those soft skills and there's a lot that can be done. Once we know the data, we can make the right decision. Yeah, no, absolutely. And we, we do something very similar and I always appreciate the information that comes back to us. Somebody once told me that feedback is a gift and I always see it as a gift, whether it's positive feedback it's negative feedback whatever it is from my perspective it's a gift and someone has taken their time to to either speak to you or to write down how they're feeling and I think that deserves time and thought then in how to respond to that and I think for for all managers out there I would say search and look for feedback get feedback from your peers from your own managers and and from your employees that if feedback would be so valuable to you We've come to the end of our time. That has gone so quickly, Joey. I've really, really enjoyed hearing your insights. It's been so in- insightful for me. Um, and I hope all you other listeners and managers out there have got some helpful and useful tips from today. And um, please do make sure you browse the other episodes in our podcast channel and don't forget to subscribe. It just remains for me to say an enormous thank you to Joey for taking time. Uh, to talk to us today and for giving us your great advice. Thank you.